0: Introducing
1: Mortgage Matters. This is a great time to go buy a house. This is when the real estate fortunes are made. A show dedicated made. to helping you navigate the challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape.
0: Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were put into conservatorship in 2008 and continue to dominate the mortgage market. The mortgage
1: now, your host, the Mortgage Experts from Central Coast Lending. That's because the election has changed mortgage rates dramatically. Broadcasting from the KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 965 studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you
2: talking
3: about?
1: It's talking time about. for Mortgage Matters. Mortgage
2: Mortgage Hey, all right. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Mortgage Matters show. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. Whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> whoop, whoop. They
3: took out my little thing in here that had all those sound effects on it. Yeah, know. that was short-lived. Probably was because you guys so weren't shrug. using it enough. Yeah, well, they did have a lame... Clap on it. best It's it pretty weak. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so now we have to come up with our own. <gasps> whoop
2: whoop whoop. <laughs> You're pretty good at that. I like that. <laughs> Thank you. Well, here we are. It's October twelfth. Feels pretty wild, right?
3: I can't believe it's halfway through October. Put your Christmas lights Excuse. up yet? No, but Walmart's <laughs> got them up for sure. Yeah. I walked down in there, man.
2: Starting to see, yeah, uh, all the all the stuff. Yeah. Christmas Christmas season is quickly approaching. Yeah. Haven't even made it to Halloween yet. I was driving in right now and I saw the tiny home convention out uh, uh at the field there at Madonna in the grass <laughs> no. over there. The tiny homes. Yeah. I didn't know there was a tiny home convention. Oh yeah, they give there's a bunch of samples out there. Oh. They're not free. You just right, go to right. go walk through. It's kinda them like going it.
4: to a, a car lot or something, but you're going to a tiny home lot. Right. Okay.
3: Yeah. And uh Yeah, I saw them setting it up the other day.
2: Yeah, different shapes and sizes. Little, uh-huh. Mostly pretty small. Looking cool. looking like uh oh, I'd say the average one. I don't know if they have a second story in them. Might might be a little a lot of lofty. Them have a loft type of thing. Might be a little yeah. lofty. So we're looking at like a hundred and sixty square feet.
3: I have a friend that two
2: hundred and fifty square feet, maybe.
3: Yeah.
2: But I was I was looking at those and I'm thinking I was thinking why wouldn't you just get a travel trailer then?
3: Well, some people just want to live them. But yeah, yeah
2: I don't know.
4: Did We've been making
2: a, travel trailers in this country for like a hundred years. Yeah, and. They're pretty good at it. They're lightweight. They're durable. Yeah. Uh, you know, easily financeable. They're very portable. Yeah. Although the the little homes over there that I saw, most of them are towed in there. Mm-hmm. So I guess those axles and stuff are probably a temporary feature, kind of like manufacturing.
4: Well, I guess that's probably the issue. If it, well, I think you they would have, have to s- move. Well, I mean, you could get the tow behind trail RV trailer type thing well yeah. they even
2: make what's called like the park model in some of the trailers like mm. if you know you're just like kind of getting a place to live in um sort of like the big picture glass windows and um the v- it just doesn't look like something that really belongs on the road but that's how you get it there right mm-hmm. and then they're built like with snap-on skirts that go around the bottom so it kind of starts to make it look like a manufactured home and you'd slide your little portable porch up to it and you're all set
3: yeah i i know somebody actually lives in one yeah they're actually pretty amazing in what you can accomplish with oh them. it's wild yeah, it's a great and juice. if you yeah. get if you yeah. get them with like they have to be
2: four slide outs <laughs> yeah you could you know you're you're bumping up the square footage of the thing yeah. by like 60 percent do they yeah. make
4: them with slide outs i thought that was the whole deal was you didn't
2: the tiny home? Yeah. No, yeah, they did have yeah.
4: some.
3: Well, they did have
2: some. Oh, maybe layouts. they do. And, maybe and they Madonna, do.
3: when I drove by the there the other day, they had um, some pop outs on some.
2: Okay. Set up. But I mean, that's amazing. The only thing I could really think is that you. Uh, yeah. Well, first of all, let's just acknowledge that this is the new um, craze, right? Uh, we got shows about it. So when there's sure. a show, yeah. the tiny home show or whatever those. Yeah. You know, I keep saying show. They call that thing that's happening at the Madonna Expo Center a show. But I'm talking about the television show. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, you have your tiny home. Um, I I see them. Like, I've seen some of them for sale. Like, now, so it's kind of a business endeavor, right? Like, hey, buy this tiny home. Like, some contractor dude's like, this is the hot new thing. It's even on TV. Let's build one.
4: I've seen a couple on, on some residential lots around here.
2: They're not cheaper than no. like an RV trailer. No. So
4: That's, like you said, why not get the more versatile RV trailer? Maybe
2: just because those are built, and, and I'm sure it's different, right? There's a, all different models and um, means of construction there. But I'm, I'm thinking maybe maybe those tiny homes are framed up on with two-by-fours or type things in the walls, whereas like, Toe behind trailers are not
4: they got yeah thin insulation yeah
2: and so it's going to be noisier and i mean granted they do make some that are what what are called like four seasons so they're heavier insulated mm-hmm. um block out more sound and that kind of thing but maybe the tiny home just makes up for it in that just the
3: but they can be pretty nice too i mean the friend that i have has like a vaulted ceiling oh yeah yeah -hmm. They've got a lot of storage underneath. It does have a loft, so there's a lot of storage underneath the stairway going upstairs, and then um, that's probably the biggest difference. Yeah,
4: I I think the use of of space and the storage um, Mm -hmm. in a tiny home is probably a little better, maybe than than an RV type thing.
2: I don't know, man. I I had a a fifth wheel back in the day. I had a fifth wheel that was over 30 feet. It had a vaulted ceiling with yeah. a ceiling fan up in the top of it, yeah. and it had massive storage because under the front, like where the master bedroom is, it was a fifth wheel, right? Mm-hmm. So they, they kind of notch up where the sits over the bed of the truck, yeah. and underneath there was like basement storage, man. You could put, I mean, you could put like a small automobile in the space that was under this thing. The
4: appeal is just that it looks more like a house.
2: Yeah.
3: That's yeah. it. They're cute. Just, it
4: feels like I'm, I, I've got a house. It's just miniature. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. They make them look like cabins sometimes. They make them look like, you know, small houses, like you said. It looks more like a house.
2: I saw one over there that was made to look like a school bus. Huh. might have actually been a school a bus. A school bus that was... Converted. Yeah. I'm not like a big <laughs> possessions guy. I don't have a lot of stuff necessarily.
4: But I still don't think I could pare down my life enough to fit in...
3: Well, you got two kids. Hundred, kids too, well,
4: especially now, obviously. Yeah. But, man, just... and. Don't you just need a little more room sometimes?
3: Well, I, I always think it's funny on those shows, too, if you don't mind. But, but like, it's funny on those shows. Well, I guess we're going to have to do without the billiards room. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to have to do without, you know, how are we going to incorporate this into that? And it's kind of funny that billiards. sometimes they can they can make a kitchen table and you flip it over, it's a game table or whatever. <laughs> but, you know, I just think, well, I guess we. when they say, well, how are we going to fit this in and how are we going to fit that in? You're not going to fit that. Your biggest concern (laughs) is just how to not
4: bruise your elbow today. Yeah,
3: exactly.
2: Well, there's definitely, there's definitely a, a set of the population today that the minimalist idea is really appealing. And, uh, I mean, I was with one of my friends this week that was saying, um, she said, I'd like to have a tiny home. And she's a little person, and I'm like, I don't think I want a tiny home. Like, where would I put my, like, cow king bed? <laughs> you yeah,
3: don't I, get I'm that. A, nothing against the Madonna <laughs> Inn. I love the Madonna <clears throat> Inn. I love the Madonna <clears throat> Inn. But there's nothing minimalist about the Madonna No. Inn. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yeah. I think it's kind of funny. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah.
2: Anyway. I'm looking at the website here um, about the expo. So, by the way, if you want to go, they're expecting to draw hundreds, if not thousands of people today. Um, It's $8 in advance. My guess is that you missed the in advance, if you're hearing about this for the first time (laughs) today. So, it's $10 to enter, and there are some uh, seminars that you could check out, which are going to get down into... Oh, learning about regulations and, um, matching opportunities and, you know, putting some people together. Some people have some, some people want some, some people want one, some people want to rent one. There's people over there, um, that want to rent them. So they're trying to get people together that are interested in this conversation. Um, and then also you're going to learn a little bit about, um, the regulations zoning, like where could you do it? How could you do it? Yeah. I was just wondering,
4: um, like with, with adUs being allowed by right, could you could right. pretty much anyone throw a tiny home up on their house and would it would a tiny home qualify as an accessory dwelling unit?
2: Um, yes and yes and yes. Hmm. Uh, I believe go. the answer to those questions are yes. <laughs> um, Slow's policy allows for tiny homes as provided that it's on wheels. Uh, between 120 and 400 square feet, not counting loft space. It must resemble the look of a traditional home in siding, roofing, and general appearance. Mm. Um, The owner of the property must live in either the main home or the tiny home. Um, The home must be hooked up to the city-inspected utility lines um, per Existing city standards permit fees are approximately sixteen hundred and fifty bucks, and yeah. So, anyways, that whets your appetite, and you want to learn more about tiny homes. that's going on over there at the Modano Expo Center right now? Cool. Saw some food trucks trying to get in there. Maybe it shapes up. It's. I mean, definitely there. Uh, there's some momentum behind this, right? I read an article this week. Um, are you familiar with the website Reddit? yeah so reddit got on a tear <laughs> over this property in san diego who was renting a storage shed like him so you know the ones they have in front of home depot
4: the pods is that what you're
2: talking about no. oh,
4: oh the yeah, yeah yeah start sorry storage it's shed.
2: got kind of like t111 yes, siding yes, and a yes. particle you know yeah Low-density particle board floor and, like, a, a comp shingle roof.
4: Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Okay. The sheds people have in their backyard. They put all their yard stuff in it. That's
2: exactly what I'm talking right. about. Right. Uh, so people down in San Diego are renting out a shed like this. As a house? For habitation. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's 1000 bucks a month for the shed. Wow. And, uh, you know, so they got some locals chimed in and were like, that's a lot cheaper than just renting, like, a a room or a studio in San Diego. Um, kind of crazy. Is this shed plumbed? I didn't see the details about whether or not it, it had, like, functioning utilities. And my guess is that it didn't. Yeah. Which I would then believe that it's got to be some kind of violation of ordinances that you're not going to have you Know basic health needs met, right? It's, to my knowledge, in order something to be habitable, it's got to have you know, water. those was essential, yeah? Water, power, water, sewer. sewer. <laughs> those are know. big. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, if
4: you want to live by candlelight, that's your own business, but you got to have water and sewer, I think,
2: or or access and an access agreement to it, you know, sure. Maybe they just. If you rent the, the shed from these folks, you get to slip in the back door of the house and use the restroom as needed. That maybe would probably they, Maybe there's a it.
4: little outdoor shower. Maybe there's like a little, you know, surf rinse off kind of shower space. I don't know what they're doing with the sewer situation.
2: Mm. Yeah. Hard saying, not knowing. All right, we got to do the first commercial <laughs> break here of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if we can... <laughs> Oh, it's funny. All right, we'll be back in just a minute with more Mortgage Matters.
1: It's time to face some bills. Mortgage Matters will be back in just a few seconds. Join in on the conversation at 805-543-8830 or
5: 1-800-549-5832. Hey, Brian from AM Sun Solar here. Did you know that if you own a home and have an electric bill, you could miss out on the full 30% solar tax credit this year if you don't act fast? The full 30% tax credit lowers after this year, so you're going to miss out on cash and time is running out. Call AM Sun Solar today to see if your home qualifies for the full 30% solar tax credit. Get your free solar consultation before it's too late. We are already filling up our installation schedule to get the tax credit, so call AM Sun Solar today at 805 777 Seven two six seven eight six, or visit us at amsunsolar.com. AM Sun Solar is located in Paso Robles, so you know you're working with a local company that has the best equipment and a 20% longer workmanship warranty than anyone else in the area. Call us today at 805-772-6786 or visit amsunsolar.com to see if your home qualifies for a solar energy system and the full 30% solar tax credit. That's 805-772-6786
0: in the heart of wine country in templeton home to one of the top school districts you can own a brand new beautiful home not a condo a home built by the best starting for less than five hundred thousand dollars introducing vineyard creek from coastal community builders who've been shaping our community for 30 years right now vineyard creek just off las tablas road in templeton has plenty of homes to choose from but with prices starting below five hundred thousand dollars homes are selling fast visit CoastalCommunityBuilders.com today 358. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central
2: Coast Lending. We're using low down payment programs and down payment assistance programs to help folks just like you buy their first home. You may not need to save and wait as long as you think. Are you ready to explore home ownership? Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get
0: pre-approved. Just call
6: 543 low We're the mortgage experts. On the Central Coast. Central Coast, Central Coast
0: lending, lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328358. You're tuned in to
1: Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11. If you missed any part of the show, check out the podcast at centralcoastlending.com. Now, back to the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending.
2: guys, welcome back. So it has been busy, busy, busy. The, uh, the headlines lately seem to be dominated by more of the use, right? Man, when we don't have like trade problem tariff Trade agreement problems or uh, Brexit. What are we going to talk about?
6: Mm-hmm.
2: What's this economy going to work on and focus on? The uh, – what? Just start laughing? <laughs> you <laughs> laughing at me or it, with me? Man.
4: Just, like just normal stuff like innovation. Innovation.
2: Just focus on yourself. Oh, okay.
4: Joe! Yo, yo, right, building business.
2: Yeah, R and D type of thing. Expanding things. markets. Um, yeah, solving problems. This week, this week was one where um, bond market finished up again. Um, it started the week at about the one. So this week is kind of representative of like the period. Today, of of like the first week of August to today, Um, the bond yield went from 151 to like 175, right? So you have 25 basis point movement in the 10 year bond yield. And That's basically the range. This is the range that we've been seeing this bond yield bounce and feels like a really technical and well-established range. And every time we hit the top of that range or the bottom of that range, it seems like, remember that game um, Pong with the little paddles and you just have to send the ball back the other way? That's what this feels like. So we made our way all the way back to the top of the range again. Um, mainly, I think this way on trade optimism. What are you laughing at? My <laughs> <love> pong reference? <laughs> no, kind of pong. By the way, it's just crazy. You know, it just can't go beyond it in either direction. Well,
4: and I agree that we're in a range, but the way it moves within that range is wild. It kind of reminds me of Granny in a Cadillac at the red light, and that light turns green, and she floors it. <laughs> no, <laughs> gonna... we and got then, uh, Dan, we next Stoplight then, a half yeah, block later. It, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, uh, it's pretty wild how fast and abrupt and vol- yesterday was one of those days where I got
2: notifications
4: messages all on my phone about bond market movement. And it was up down, up down. And they're hitting me within seconds of one another. It yeah,
2: was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Reminded me like the last time I went to a Catholic wedding. (laughs) I'm up, I'm down, I'm up, I'm down, I'm up, I'm down. Um, Anyhow, this range, though, feels, it's anybody's guess what's going to happen in between the range, but um, those seem to be the real limits of the range, and it's keeping us sort of living in the middle, and Every time I see it starts to run away, and we see mortgage prices will get worse by about a quarter of a point when we're at the top end of the range, and then they'll get better by about a quarter of a point when we're at the bottom end of the range. And so we just see it going in between there. I'm now I'm starting to become just this like disinterested observer where it's like, well, it doesn't even matter. It's gonna hit the top and bounce back down. Um so but you know, some of the things this week we we got um Oh, that's like the pong, that's the pong thing, I thought, I was, I was like, like, my like, my headphones are going bad, out. No. <laughs> that's not, I don't think that's a good sound for radio.
3: I just remember playing this game, actually, and it was like, wow, this is so cool.
4: It was cool at the time.
2: Yeah. Especially because it transformed your television. Yeah. There it is. That's what I thought was amazing about it. You hooked yeah. this thing to the back of the TV and now it's running inside the TV? Yeah. <laughs> My goodness.
3: There's Pong for you. Gotta love um, what it. You're a disinterested
4: observer of yeah, this bond volatility.
2: I just say, it, wherever it's going, it's just going to go do its thing. And so we talk about, you know, what Britain's now like three weeks away from a no deal Brexit again is that the fifth time sixth know. time which also by the way in the same does this mean they want it or not well they have it they, <laughs> they,
4: they just need to figure out have they broken away yet or not
2: no <laughs> no they're gonna have to sort out what it looks like to break away for years this is never gonna happen is years not, i
4: predict it will never happen
2: has to happen <laughs> It has to happen. Um, so we've got that to chew on constantly. What happens? What if they can't do it? What do we, it's all the uncertainty, right? And then here on our own soil, um, we've got impeachment stuff, right? Which freaking everybody out. The markets do not like that. Um, you know, I read this week that China, China was basically got more willing to want to entertain the idea of a partial deal on this tariff front that just delays some tariffs for some in-trade for some other things, mainly because they are like, well, if this dude's getting impeached, we just need a short-term patch. We don't need a long-term fix. So it doesn't help us on the global stage to look like this and be acting like this. And um, We also, this week, there's fresh geopolitical concern Um, We had another oil tanker was blown up, which freaks some people out, makes us think that there's just that sort of tension. And then, of course, um, the U.S. withdrawing um, seems to have maybe been a shot in the arm to Turkey and some of their um, attacks on the Kurds, which is a U.S. ally, which has a, a lot of implications there. Um, so they're sort of surprised that with so much geopolitical concern in the Middle East concern here on American soil, kind of a scab together, partial trade deal. I was surprised that we finished the week up as high as we did. We're still sort of digesting a bad jobs report from last month with no wage growth. We got some uh, inflation readings, other things that came out this week that um, you know we're certainly going to talk about here today, but I was just surprised that we made it all the way to the top of the range again.
4: It seemed like it all happened yesterday.
2: It was Thursday and Friday, but yeah. I mean, from Wednesday, really Wednesday. Look, I, I clipped it in my notes so that I wouldn't get this wrong today. Wednesday, the 10-year bond was one53 that's crazy friday it was 1.75 so it's kind of nuts seeing that that level of movement um but hey you know who knows there was meeting um minutes from the uh open market committee meeting that showed um a little bit of more division Within the committee. We've got another Fed meeting this month, by the way. Don't let that one slip by.
4: Yeah, about 30 or 45 days ago, this was a meeting where it was all but certain that they would, that the Feds would, would give us another quarter point rate cut.
2: Um, that. So right now. Um, this was as of the end of the day yesterday, I pulled this down, but, um, we are currently anticipating, um, an 84% chance of a rate cut at the October meeting. See, that's, what's crazy for about five, six
4: weeks ago, it was a near certainty as far as economist predictions. Then leading up to the September meeting, it was 50, 50. Right. Um, and now we're back up to very, very high likelihood that they do cut again.
2: Right. Um,
4: well. Even yesterday, the I don't know if it was by Twitter or by news media, but the president was still,
2: you know, he, there was a, a. Wait a minute. You don't consider Twitter news media? <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> One way or another, there was some. Yeah, uh, You know, the president was continuing to advocate for more Fed rate cuts, um, right. and I think this went along with some announcement related to the tri- China trade stuff that, you know, they had achieved a phase one deal. But in spite of that, you know, the Fed should still be cutting rates. Um, so, you know, he put his vote in as, yeah. a, as a non-voting member.
2: <laughs> I mean, he wanted it slashed to zero last month. Just one <laughs> fell swoop. <laughs> no need to monkey around with these <laughs> quarter point cuts. We just get her done. Take it to zero. Maybe even negative. Negative three,
4: please. <laughs> negative three.
2: <laughs> GDP is booming. Um the, This week we also got a read from Consumer Price Index um was flat for the month and one point seven percent annually. So this is your this is your inflation of what what's likely going on in your life, Uh, the forecast was to bump it up a tenth of a percent and and hit a 1.8% annual rate. Um, The core CPI actually had a little bit of an increase of 0.1% after three consecutive months of 0.3%, right? So that pace of even core growing is a little bit. um, Hourly wages were flat after adjusting for inflation, um, only 1.2% increase for the year. The um, Fed preferred inflation tracking as the personal consumption expenditures, um, which was at 1.8%, which is below the 2% target. So this is one of the things that the Fed has to take into their October meeting, which is on the 29th and 30th this month. So it's all the way at the tail end of the month, and um, we'll get to see what the Fed's thinking I have no idea. Um I usually like to try to make a guess about the same as picking the outcome of a sports event that I have some interest in. I usually like to try to decide what I think is the likely outcome. I have no idea. I don't I feel like I don't have a good grasp of what these things are based on um and whether or not we're getting a rate cut. Uh just don't know.
4: I mean the last meeting it was 9 to 3. And one of the three voted against it because they wanted a half point cut, not a quarter point. Right. So really 10 of the people who vote wanted the rate cut.
2: So in these meeting minutes that were released this week, um, five votes were for a no cut. Hmm. Five stating the last cut um, for the year. And seven, forecasting another reduction by December based on slowing global growth and trade war. So if the trade war is kind of behind you, does that impact this? I mean, this is a partial deal, right? It's a temporary deal. Yeah. Yeah. From what I
4: understood, um, it was a late afternoon right at the close of the markets yesterday Um, There was an announcement about phase one of a trade deal with China. Um, The couple of takeaways that I was able to um, determine from the press conference was that China had agreed to buy 40 to 50 billion dollars of agricultural products from the United States. And I don't know when that starts and over how long of a period i i I didn't get that detail Um, but they're going to agree to buy some you know amount of agricultural products and in exchange it sounded like the u.s was going to um, postpone or delay some tariffs that were um, about to start in the near future Hmm. so that was about as much as i could get out of the press conference
2: interesting
4: but but it was very clearly described as phase one so and i don't know if that's phase one of two phase one of ten um but it was phase one so yeah is that just a little finger in the dam of you know or is that is that like a major major milestone in this negotiation i'm not sure
2: I usually try to be discerning from where I grab my news. In this case, I clicked, I just googled and clicked one of the first articles that come up because we're sitting here talking and felt better to get to some content instead of scour for a desirable source, but um this one's from USA Today and they come out right away to say um a senior advisor to China's government told USA Today on the phone um blah 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 that the trade deal are is largely because of President Donald Trump's concerns about the twenty twenty election. And here's the quote. Look, Christmas is coming. He wants to be president again. American consumers are not going to accept higher prices on all these goods. He can claim victory anytime he wants, but that doesn't mean he's won or that a deal's actually been reached, said Hu Yao Wang. Um, and then, and then basically bottom line, is you go on to find out that, uh, it says Trump and the Trump said the U S and China have agreed in principle on a preliminary trade agreement, which is interesting because it was, it's always been a full blown trade deal or not. Right. Um, and this week we saw a little bit of back and forth over looking like things could start to get. Ugly again fast. Yeah. And so at the tail end of the week to see a deal come that perhaps it kicks the can down the road a little bit on the full blown deal, but it it prevents the immediate pain of the kind of um, infighting that was happening just earlier this week.
4: Yeah. Earlier in the week, there was discussion of a a trade deal that, you know, when it was done was going to, you know, be balanced 50 50, but Trump was emphatic in saying that that's not going to be good enough. It's been slanted in China's favor for so long that it basically what he said was that it needs to be slanted in the U.S.'s favor now. Hmm. And so that's that that sounded to me like uh oh we're going down the the path of not making a deal again. But then lo and behold Friday came and Phase One complete.
2: So I wonder what's going to happen next week in the markets as we. As we digest this deal, learn more about it, um, and and it's got I a little bit look, farther to go.
4: Yeah, I I tried to see how markets were reacting. That the press conference was shown um, with about twenty minutes to go in the trading day, and so the stocks right when he, right when the press conference started, I think it was down about or no, it was up. 500 almost 500 points for the day and it worked its way down into the 300s so i don't know if that was just normal end of day trading stuff or if that was reaction to the announcement
2: we'll have a good look next week yeah i think next week will It'll be, be, more be telling. <laughs> interesting to see what happens and of course whatever other information comes out for us to deal with next week too um but let's do the final commercial break of this first hour Locked and loaded? You got the the Pong soundtrack to bring us back? Uh, yeah, well I could use the <laughs> Pong
3: soundtrack to bring us back. I don't know, but uh, maybe not. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I'm locked and loaded, man. I just have to hit this little space bar on the computer. So, so technical. So you just give me the give me the um, give me the cue here.
2: It's about six hundred buttons in this studio, and this dude's got to hit the space bar to I, mean,
3: I got. Well, I have. I have two monitors now. I used to have three. They can. Man. They condensed that a bit.
4: Either it's getting more efficient in here, or uh, the times, getting cut. times are tough. <laughs> they got twelve bucks for that other
2: monitor on
3: Craigslist. I still have. T- I still have two keyboards, and I have two phones, and I have you, you know. So there we are. All right.
2: All right. It's break time. We're going to take some time out here to thank the sponsors, and we'll be back in just a minute with more Mortgage Matters.
1: Stay tuned. More from the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending in just seconds. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5.
5: Hey, Brian from AM Sun Solar here. Did you know that if you own a home and have an electric bill, you could miss out on the full 30% solar tax credit this year if you don't act fast? The full 30% tax credit lowers after this year, so you're going to miss out on cash and time is running out. Call AM Sun Solar today to see if your home qualifies for the full 30% solar tax credit. Get your free solar consultation before it's too late. We are already filling up our installation schedule to get the tax credit, so call AM Sun Solar today at 805. 805- or visit us at amsunsolar.com. AM Sun Solar is located in Paso Robles, so you know you're working with a local company that has the best equipment and a 20% longer workmanship warranty than anyone else in the area. Call us today at 805-772-6786 or visit amsunsolar.com to see if your home qualifies for a solar energy system and the full 30% solar tax credit. That's 805-772-6786.
0: In the heart of wine country, in Templeton, home to one of the top school districts, you can own a brand new, beautiful home, not a condo, a home, built by the best, starting for less than $500,000. Introducing Vineyard Creek from Coastal Community Builders, who've been shaping our community for 30 years. Right now, Vineyard Creek, just off Las Tablas Road in Templeton, has plenty of homes to choose from. But with prices starting below $500,000, homes are selling fast. Visit CoastalCommunityBuilders.com today.
1: You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11. If you missed any part of the show, check out the podcast at centralcoastlending.com. Now, back to the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending.
2: All right, guys, welcome back.
3: Could have brought I could have used Eat the Rich, Aerosmith. That's been kind of a theme this week too. Yeah, he It's on an Aerosmith kick. It's on an Aerosmith. I guess it is. I like Aerosmith. Yeah, yeah, I've seen him. It was a good show. All
2: right. I was listening to classic vinyl this week on XM, mm-hmm. and they were talking about how Ozzy Osbourne fell and broke his neck.
3: No, oh, I didn't. I haven't heard that one.
2: Yeah, hmm. he's hurt, man. Um, I had to cancel some shows. Broke his neck. Yeah. Hey, he fell in his kitchen. Huh. Like walking in the dark, he just fell and broke his you neck. You think
3: of all the things that done, but what walking gets in the, him the is kitchen is what got him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of man. all the crazy things, yeah. <laughs>
2: I was yeah. picturing him in socks doing that risky business slide.
3: Mm. Yeah.
2: Now, it like one, yeah, it was like one. It was like o'clock in the morning or something. He was Probably going to get a drink of water. Tripped and over fell. one
3: of his eighteen dogs or something.
2: Yeah, like tripped over you know a mean? couple million bucks. He <laughs> left yeah. it right uh, there by the door. Yeah,
3: but there's that money. I ah, forgot where that was. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I am kind of onto that Ozzy and Jack's World detour too. That's a pretty compelling show sometimes. Hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So you're long going long. to see all these different things. And, uh, of course, being Aussie helps get them into different
2: things. Do they use subtitles on that show? <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs>
3: but dude, it's hard to understand I if know. he's not singing. It's no. real hard he, for me to hear him. Yeah. If you want to hear like Crazy Train or any of those Aussie songs, I can pick out all the lyrics.
2: Every one of them. But but if he's ordering so speak, a grilled cheese sandwich, you're like, we need translation
4: can't now. I blo-
3: can't understand a bloody word he's saying. Yeah. Nothing
2: wild Hmm.
4: this is turning into a don't do drugs PSA
2: (laughs) 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 or don't hide your hair within your cheeks every time you talk (laughs) um did you know that there are 12 million single-family homes being rented in the United States 35 percent of all rental housing around the country um Well, weird article, man, talking about how um, renting, the renting game is changing a little bit. Where, so there's a large portion of the housing stock is just owned by people that they then rent to other people, right? So it's not yeah. all owner occupied homes.
4: The home ownership rate in America is about 65 ish percent.
2: Yeah. Uh, large corporations have increased their ownership share in this recent um, last few years here. Um, it's currently estimated that the home ownership rate has declined from 67 to 63%. So this is more homes becoming part of that rental pool, um, which basically means that about a million and a half homes went from owning their home to renting it. And, um, That's a lot of wealth being transferred from people, and and most of that is really from people to corporations, where through, so you remember some of this was like in the foreclosure era, right? Well, we'll buy your house as like a loan modification thing, and then sell it back to you later. I don't know that I've heard too many stories about how those people bought them back later. You remember those schemes, though? They were all over the place. My guess is they didn't buy them back later.
4: Um, so if I'm, I'm doing some math here in my head, 12 million homes are non-owner occupied. Yeah. That's and about a, that, which represents about a third of the housing market. Yeah. So there's only 36 million homes in a country of 300 and. Well, this is single. This is
2: single-family homes. Uh, So you're not taking into account like apartments, condos, townhomes. Okay, that makes sense. Manufactured homes, all that. Yeah, no. That would be a (laughs) lot of roommates, buddy. (laughs) That's an average of ten people per house (laughs) in the U.S. I know. I know.
4: That's where I was going.
2: Yeah, that didn't sound right. Okay, (laughs)
4: single-family homes. Gotcha.
2: Yeah, but anyway, the the point of this is basically just saying that like there's these companies like. One's called um, Think Invitation Homes, another called American Homes for Rent, another called Progress Residential, Main Street Renewal, Tricon American Homes. These companies, Tricon American Homes itself owns approximately 200,000 single-family rental homes. How's that? It's a lot of rent. It says mostly in the sand states, so that's even pretty regional, right? They have a little pocket in southwest U.S. where they've got 200,000 single-family. Well, it
4: tells you what they were doing. Those were the hardest-hit markets, if you'll remember. Right during the crash, we were talking about Nevada, Arizona, Florida. Was California considered a sand state?
2: I don't Um, know if it was. I don't know, maybe.
4: But definitely Nevada, Arizona, Florida. Those were the big sand states where there was just a major crash. I mean, crash obviously everywhere, but those states in particular were hit hard. So these companies come through and they took advantage of all those, you know, incredible discounts on homes at the bottom of the market.
2: Yeah, there was places in... You know, like Nevada, Arizona, which, I mean, I we have a little bit of a glimpse of what goes on nationally, but I think closer we some, over here, we, we had friends and family and had done business in these markets. I never did a loan in Florida before, but I did a lot of loans in Arizona. Um, and just wild to see. There was, I mean, there was things in real estate there where it was missing 70, 80% of the value.
3: California is considered a sand state ah. according to this on the FDIC
2: stuff. Okay, we had homes in some cases that were missing seventy to eighty percent of the value. Where, and and again, it's really for no other reason. It's really just a it's the supply and demand thing, right? Is the market was so speculative, so many people got into it that shouldn't have been in it, and then as they start to lose, the 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 cuts just get deeper and deeper and deeper. And there's more and more and more homes for sale, right? Bank owned homes, foreclosures, people that haven't paid their mortgage in two years. You know, you would find out that all of the neighbors are all in the same boat of, yeah, well, I haven't paid my mortgage in two years and I'm just still sitting here. And so everybody knows that. So then you could go put a sign out front that, hey, this house that sold two years ago, three years ago for $500,000, only 100 grand. And people are, I don't want it. I I know the rest of people on the block still haven't paid their mortgage in two years. I'm going to wait till they're 50 grand, and so there was some crazy cuts in some of those markets, um, most of which are like pretty well back today. Yeah. So these companies that got into this, not only they have some pretty epic rent because their cash flow in these properties is very good from acquiring at such low values. We're sitting on tremendous wealth and equity. Um, if you were running one of those companies, what would you do? Try to sell it slowly? Keep renting it? I don't know. It depends on, depends on
4: what the rental business is looking like. Can it,
2: you imagine how... It seems
4: like you'd do a little of both, right? I, 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 I think you'd start to sell a few off and return your initial investment.
2: But if you owned... I mean say that let's just say that you owned you know 25,000 houses in Nevada as a company you just I mean this is like this is this is similar to like the Fed trying to reduce the balance sheet man you got to you got to realize that it's there's and in housing, it's even worse. I mean, there's going to be times. There's going to be an. There is going to be a cycle at some point, right? I mean, yeah. At some point, these values are going to soften or decline. I don't know how much, but they just keep winning on appreciation right now. I would just think that you would want to have a plan together to just sell some of them. I mean,
4: yeah, especially if the value's gone up substantially from what you bought them from. Imagine if, you know, if they're worth on average $400,000 each today and you, you bought them for a hundred grand
2: or even 200,
4: I mean, wouldn't you sell 25 or 50% of them to return your initial investment? And then the rest that you have are just all free and cure free and clear cash flowing properties.
2: I mean, at the same time, too, though, if you're at the helm of that company, if we were having a board meeting right now and we we're discussing this, what do you do with that money, though? You're oh. going to end up in, in tax problems, right? There's no no safety whatsoever from any sort of capital gains when it's investment property in nature.
7: Yeah, so you're, I don't know. I
2: mean, I'm sure the corporate tax structure when these REITs or whatever their structure is that owns these various investment properties is… Probably going to end up paying less taxes than you and I would if we sold one, if we sold our own house.
3: They've got better lawyers.
2: Yeah. The taxing sure gets me angry quick. I already just wanted to stop listening to myself right there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be like Amazon where you you can get down to the end of the year here and you're going to pay more in taxes than Amazon. Even if you're a school teacher, you're going to pay more in taxes than Amazon, GE, Best Buy. GM, as you should, as you should. They've got heavy air conditioning bills over there. (laughs) They can't afford to pay taxes. you got to pay those for them.
4: Netflix is one of those.
2: Not making any money, not paying any taxes. Right. I mean, how could you expect them to? I mean, how many people have your Netflix login? (laughs) (laughs) Five or... Five or six people per account, man. These people have no idea who's even watching their service right now. They cannot afford to pay taxes. Are you kidding me? Netflix doesn't pay taxes? I saw them on the list of of the
4: zero percenters. Perfect. But, you know, they do a lot of investment in creating their own content. So I'm sure right. they have it's a all, lot of
2: expense. It's all pouring right back into the company, right? Which then, you know, a couple more exclusive series and – You know, which by the way, I'd venture to say that probably like if you went back and looked at like the other companies that used to make movies, right? Mm -hmm. Um, They used to have the top name actors and actresses. There was a lot of tax money flowing around because those companies were very profitable. So were the actors and all the, you know, the production crews all the way down. Well, so not only did we suck all of that money right out of those markets that knew how to make money and pay taxes, but then we dumped them into Netflix that knows how to make money and not pay taxes. <laughs> and they're not afraid to use like no-name actors and all of their stuff. As long as content's good enough, we don't care anymore if George Clooney's in it. <laughs> that bothers me that Netflix doesn't pay taxes. They're going to have to pay taxes one day, right? You would think. This is like the same thing as like the mind-body thing for me. You lose, 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 and then you sell for a ton of money based on uh, reaching profitability at some point later, um, and it's like, well, I, that seems weird to me. It was all loans, but made you worth a lot because you borrowed a lot, and did a lot. Um, so that's, that's the current state of Netflix too, right? All of the money they of make, They're making a billion dollars a year in subscription services, and they're pouring it straight back into making movies with a Netflix logo on it, thereby not paying taxes.
3: But like, can you like spin off your company now, like Universal Pictures or something? They was spin off to, and, and purposely not make money and not pay taxes on different <sighs> stuff. How does that work? I mean, if you want to spin off something off of, of something already that is established.
2: I don't know. I mean, you would, I don't know. I'll tell you, you think this that though. They would
3: get into that somehow, you know,
2: there are times that I see loans on my desk where I look at the taxes and I am blown away that how complicated it is and how you could make a million dollars a year and be coming down to like negative, negative down at the bottom line. And, You can never ask those people directly what their trick is, but you can kind of tell what the trick is. They have multiple companies. It's very complicated, Um, which, by the way, I suspect is one of the main reasons why Trump's resistant to his tax returns hitting the streets is, I mean, how many companies does this guy own? 300 companies, 500 companies? Who knows, right? But it's going to be a whole lot of, you're going to put the world's best forensic accountants to work on this stuff, and they're going to struggle to figure out, like, well, this dude doesn't pay anything. Well, yeah, that's a, our tax system lets these people do this. So look, Netflix doesn't even have to pay taxes. All right, it's commercial break time. we got a whole nother hour of mortgage matters coming. Get some fresh coffee, and we'll be right back. like a kind of a slow uh music bed to come back to
3: it is kind of but you know
2: kind of chilling i feel like i should have a lava lamp on right now
3: better to just come together we just solve a lot of problems right now in this country maybe right so yeah, yeah. kind of a psychedelic video too, boy. one thing i can tell
6: you is you got to be
3: free <laughs> Change to
2: that. All right, guys. Well, we got a whole nother hour here together. Um it's been, a, it's been an interesting period again in the in the mortgage business. So it, like Dan was mentioning in the first hour, we've had some pretty radical rate volatility. Uh, there's a as you guys can imagine now with the cell phone era, we've got um, you know technology in the pocket. So it it vibrates and lets us know bing you've got a an adjustment a correction something happening and it, it really is fascinating how from one minute to the next this market is just zigzagging around with very little rhyme or reason. The um, only
4: thing that we can tell it's really based on is is trade. It's it's a lot a lot of it seems to have to do with these trade negotiations with China and then the Fed and then Fed policy and how the Fed's reacting to I mean it seems like the Fed is is paying attention to trade, but maybe not quite as much as the rest of the markets. but it seems feel like-, like those are the two big factors in rates right now. It's the Fed and it's trade.
2: So I lack some perspective here i'll I'll just be perfectly candid about this with everybody it is um, at forty one years old i this was the first recession that I was acutely aware of and participated in and was affected by, you know. Um, And during this period was, I felt better than average, uh, better than the average person had an understanding, and idea of what was coming and why, um, just having been in the mortgage business, you know, we, we haven't told that story for a really long time, but, um, the paraphrasing of the story is that Dan and I worked for, um, a couple of different companies that were really closely related to Wall Street and had a really bird's eye view, a, a front row seat, if you will, to, um, the actions of the investment community that played into that crash and then we started central coast lending and we started this show um almost in tandem and so it was a, an interesting run up right we had looking at the the country trying to figure out new leadership new policy new regulation new stimulus um trying to figure out how to how to work our way out of one of the worst uh, recessions, you know, the great recession as it became known, um, all the way through today. So we've been doing this show and we've been talking about how it's been managed and we've been through the years. It's been about, um, you know, as you remember that there's a campaign made by the, the fed, I think it happened first under Bernanke, uh, which was transparency in the fed, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Get out there, and you know they wanted people to know. They wanted the um, investment community, the world markets, the U.S. consumer. They wanted to to learn to speak in layman's terms, so that the average Joe Joe the plumber could track Fed policy. You know, and I'd have to say that prior to that initiative, oftentimes the Fed speak. You know it. it felt like high-level economics, and when you start talking about these principles that um, caused you grief in high school economics or, uh, you know, these issues that the feds are wrangling and describing and talking about were just so hard for the layman to understand. And we went through this period of the fed trying to speak in layman's terms and provide complete transparency so that the world economy could see and understand why the United States um, Fed was doing what it was doing. And I'd have to say it's been pretty effective, right? We generally know where they stand. We know what they're looking for. They've told us um, which which data sets they prefer or emphasize over others. Um, We've gotten, you know, if you've been tracking as close as we have, we've gotten a pretty good understanding of what the Fed's doing and why. When I watch this intraday volatility that's going on lately, I feel like the the markets have now spent so much time anticipating, like there's think about this now. When When the Fed was announcing, like, quantitative easing or something, right, like they come out and they say, we're going to buy these bonds. We're going to buy these bonds which are going to help thaw frozen credit markets. They're going to lower the cost of credit to business and thereby to the consumer. It's going to spur on the economy and get people able to borrow again. Um, It allows the frozen credit market was preventing um, businesses from – being able to invest and grow. And, um, so anyhow, we, we saw the fed get into this world of stimulus in an effort to spur on growth here in the U S right. And every time the fed announced some accommodative policy, man, the stock market go nuts. So happy, right? Like, and it reminded me kind of of like, you remember those, um, remember those rat cages, where they would have like the little rat feeder of like nicotine and the thing and the rats would just go nuts for the little nicotine feeder and they'd eat off it until they would die. Um, I kind of picture that is like the Fed was like walking over to the economy with like, hey, here's some stimulus, you know, here's some low rates. And you would, you would think that the stock markets would be somewhat flat to that. You know, it's like, well, we're – we're getting help right now. They're bringing us crutches, you guys. They're bringing us gauze and crutches, and we're trying to get back on our feet. And instead, they're popping champagne like they just um, had a record year. You know what I mean? Sure. Kind of weird. So we've we I think we're – because it's like a 10, 12-year 10, period now of recessionary recovery where the investment markets – the whole community is all looking at um, what what kind of accommodation are we getting, and that'll determine which way the market's going, right? And this is why, like times like this week, where you've got you know stuff going down in Ukraine, you got stuff going down with Brexit, you got stuff going down with trade agreements with China right here, um, you've got a Fed meeting and and Fed meeting minutes. All these things. I think that we're so now just focused on well, what what's that going to mean to what 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 kind of accommodation are we going to get because of this most recent news piece? You know, are we? Does that mean we're does does this data set support a Fed rate cut at the end of October? Because That's all we really care about. We're looking for a rate cut. If it does support the rate cut, boom, there you go, Dow's up. Hey, that that bad news is good news. Um, for the stock market now, which is really weird because bad news used to be really good news for the bond market, right, for interest rates. It would be like every time there was bad news, people would pour into the bond market, which would drive the yields down and lower the interest rates and mortgages. Now there's some bad news. And I say now. It's been going on since the last recession, is now there's some bad news. and We go, hey, everybody, that means the Fed's probably, that's one more uh, piece of proof why they should cut rates next month. So uh, stock market up 300 points. And then the next morning, it's like everybody wakes up sober again and is like, oh, God, we went up 300 points on a terrible jobs report because we thought we were going to get a quarter cut in October. Ugh. Let's shake that off. That probably is not how we should be acting. And then you see it plummet 300 points, you know, and then mix in a couple crazy tweets and some other stuff during the week. And it's just, it's just, you know, bouncing like crazy in a really volatile and hard to predict way.
4: I hear what you're saying. I can't help but shake this thought in my head that it matters so much now. These, you know, whether you want to call it stimulus or whatever it matters so much because so many people lack discretionary income that every little news item and every little change in policy could have a dramatic impact on their world because it you know with this with the middle class becoming i, I don't know just vanishing it seems like more and more people are living at the margins, living check to check that, th- you, you know, you talk a lot about being addicted to low rates. Oh, yeah. And it, it's it's out of necessity. It's not because we're addicted to low rates because we like p- paying less money, which we do, <laughs> but it's because we can't afford higher rates. Well, we can't. But yeah, that's There's true. No, we're lacking the discretionary income because we're lacking wage growth for the majority of income earners.
2: But at the same time, though, I mean, this country runs on consumer spending. Right. So and so every time you move higher, higher rates, I don't get income. to buy new beats. I don't get to go... right because e-
4: as the average Joe consumer, you don't have the discretionary income. If if there was more discretionary income out there, these little tweaks in Fed policy, it wouldn't matter. Sure. None of it would matter as much because yeah. it's, it's just insignificant to people's daily mm. lives. But today... Whether mortgage rates are three and a half or three and three quarters or 4% and whether the price of ice cream is $3.50 or $4, it all matters.
2: Not to mention, but but I just can't help but laugh too, though, is think about your grandparents, right? Maybe great-grandparents, great-grandparents. We could even adjust this number for inflation. How much money do you think your great-grandparents spent on their entire life in coffee? <sighs> Nothing. Not a lot. Today's like 30-year-old that, you know, like my kids, they'll ask us well before I think they should even have their face in a cup of some kind of coffee Are like, hey, can I get it? Can I get that? It's like sensationalized, right? Well, let's go to Starbucks. I want a Frappuccino or whatever. Um, I think today's 30-year-old kid has spent more money. On things from Starbucks, Pete's Coffee, whatever other, at by way of $5 beverages like this. I mean, the, the budget here is astronomical. So it's like the discretionary income is kind of missing, but it's also not because it's just, it's shifted. The priorities have shifted and we spend a ton of money and we spend, I, I feel like the average American just spends themselves into broke every month repeatedly. But you have to though, right? Because social media and all these other things have us believing if we don't have you know, look at like Chevy, they used to make a truck where the body style was the same for 12 years. Now they make a new body style like every year or every other year just so that everybody could know that you don't have the new stuff anymore, right? This is the this is the case with all the consumerism is it's this. This all about like you you need to keep this up. Like well what you know, what shoes are you wearing? You say you're doing good, but where are your Air Force Ones or, you know.
4: Well, you could look at it another way, too. That not only are they incentivizing you to buy new stuff because the look of it's changed and the, you know, the the social pressure or whatever, but also things are engineered to fail. So That's there's there's the utility of the thing doesn't. Doesn't perform the way it used to.
3: You have to have a brand new cell phone. Yeah. How many? How many oh, tests? well,
4: you need the better camera. Yeah. <laughs> you need the and you need the enhanced security and you need the larger yeah. memory because the the operating system's larger and we'll yeah. just we'll just mem- out memory you with larger operating systems to my force w- you into the. My thing. wife
2: said, "I want the new iPhone 11," and I was like, "Uh, why? You know, let's see it." Yeah, I mean, kind of ugly. It's got like a, a host of cameras out in the corner. What used to be a small little like flash bulb and a camera hole is now like a bunch of bigger holes. Looks like it's got a lot of cameras in it. But what else? Well, it solves the selfie
4: problem of you not having a five-foot long arm. Right. You yeah. know, So you can hit the wide zoom thing, whatever, and now, now you can, can fit everybody into the selfie.
2: Roger um, that. Yeah. So, I mean, um, it
4: solves a major problem. Oh, but. Boy.
2: <laughs> she was like, so then she asked me too. you know, she's like, well, so, um, so and so from the gym got one, you know, like day they came out of course. and I was like, oh, that, um, so she yeah, she's on the next plan. So you just go, you just pay the thing. You just, she's paying a monthly fee and I'm like, no, I, they did that to all of us. We're all yeah, on that. Now. All we all don't call it the, the next, next plan yeah. anymore. Now it's just how cell phones work. And she's like, what do you mean? What, what, look, you remember way back in the day, um, in fact, I think 97 Not or 8? that far ago. Are you talking about
4: like you get a new phone every other year with for 200 bucks or something? No, well, you
2: just pay a tax. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you just have a contract with the company. You just pay a tax I on the like phone. 2014. Well, I'm just saying, but that's how it worked, right? And and then they started just, they just keep working you along. And now they got to this point where they tricked us all is now these cell phones are all like $1,100 now is basically, I think, what the average consumer cell phone is in their pocket now. Um, And they're not good for much more than a year or two, which is pretty crazy, Um, you, yeah, you could limp one for longer and I know you've been particularly good at it. (laughs) Um, but like, think about computers, you know, like I, I know what that computer is because I, I bought that and built that thing for you. That's a $700 computer Yeah. and you're on year, whatever of it. And you're going to have many more years and (laughs) I hope, yeah, but the cell phones are like, you're you're not getting years out of a cell phone anymore. The average person, right? And they've got you same way. It's like, well, you they keep doing this thing where for years you would just be like, oh, well, you have an iPhone. Well, what is it? Like, well, iPhone, iPhone three, four, five, six. Unless somebody had a plus, the iPhones kind of all looked the same. They were hard to discern from across the room what model iPhone you have. Now, cleverly. If you just hold the thing up, I'm holding it up at Dan. Oh, you can tell I by my camera. You can tell by the camera on my cell phone from probably a hundred feet away what kind of phone I have, um, how new it is. And, um, you know, so th- th- we just play into all of this and it's got, it's got us all. And then the interesting thing about all that, you know, is that we know that 70% of GDP is based on consumer spending. And this is consumer spending. This is what we buy. This is what we do. It is the $5 coffee. It is the $1,100 cell phone. Um, so bottom line, I think we need more wage growth just to keep up with what Instagram now is uh, measuring our self-worth to be based on how we're flashing our newest digs online right? Mm -hmm. You don't even have Instagram. Mm -mm.
4: How do you know? I do. I have it.
2: How do you know your self worth? How many likes did you get this week?
4: uh, Luckily, I was not born and raised in a time when likes mattered.
2: I pull (laughs) up the social media thing every now and again. Me too. Me too. But my kids, they'll like put something on their Instagram, like a picture of whatever. Ridiculous stuff, right? They get like a. They'll have contests. I've seen my boys do this. Like, we'll see what a stupid thing you could do. Right? Take a picture of like the car door with a blurry background, and they'll both do it and be like, "We'll see so you can get more likes in five minutes." So set a timer, and at the end of five minutes, like, I have 192 likes. I have 155 likes, and it's it's a ridiculous thing, right? I don't. Um, I don't do social media that way. I, if anything, I pull up the social media like I did this week. I was watching TV. Something happened, and I, I typed up a status on Facebook that I was going to post for a minute, and and uh, and I ultimately deleted it because all it was going to do was I thought it was funny at first, and then I was like, people are going to get angry at this. Um, but I thought to myself. How far are we? Well, we're going to do a commercial break. I'm going to let you think about this during the break. And also, if this makes you mad, don't get mad. It's not intended to be mad. Just a question. But how long until the bachelor's degree is big-time trouble? Um, it's very sexist. It's a, um, there is no bachelorette's degree. And I went and looked up the term bachelor to figure out if that's what it was talking about was like dudes. And yeah, it has to do with like knights basically. So it is a very sexist thing. And I was just wondering, um, and again, I'm not trying to make a political statement. I just thought it was funny, right? Hey, nobody noticed. I'll just, as we keep fighting over things that, uh, you know, today we like to fight over. And I just wanted to be like, Hey, everybody, here's something you guys could all like, like a stake into a lake of piranhas. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> You you have to get a bachelor's degree. Now fight. And then I was like, oh, nothing good is going to come out of this. I thought it was funny, and then I was like, it's not funny. That's not it's not a funny thing. It's not going to end well. You don't even look that amused.
1: Are we ready for the break? <laughs> I'm sitting over here prepared.
2: All right, yeah, let's do a break commercial break time. We'll be back in just a minute here with more Mortgage Matters.
1: Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5. The mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending will be back in just a few minutes. Hi this is Jason Grody of Central
2: Coast Lending. We are using low down payment programs and down payment assistance programs to help folks just like you buy their first home. You may not need to save and wait as long as you think. Are you ready to explore home ownership before you meet with a realtor step one is to get
0: pre-approved.
6: Just call 543 low the mortgage experts. Central Coast, Central Coast Central
0: Coast Lending is an equal housing lender licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number three two eight three five eight.
5: we mm-hmm. Hey, Brian from AM Sun Solar here. Did you know that if you own a home and have an electric bill, you could miss out on the full 30% solar tax credit this year if you don't act fast? The full 30% tax credit lowers after this year, so you're going to miss out on cash and time is running out. Call AM Sun Solar today to see if your home qualifies for the full 30% solar tax credit. Get your free solar consultation before it's too late. We are already filling up our installation schedule to get the tax credit, so call AM Sun Solar today at 805 Seven two six seven eight six, or visit us at amsunsolar.com. AM Sun Solar is located in Paso Robles, so you know you're working with a local company that has the best equipment and a 20% longer workmanship warranty than anyone else in the area. Call us today at 805-772-6786 or visit amsunsolar.com to see if your home qualifies for a solar energy system and the full 30% solar tax credit. That's 805-772-6786.
0: In the heart of wine country, in Templeton,
5: home to one of the top school districts,
0: you can own a brand-new, beautiful home, not a condo, a home, built by the best, starting for less than $500,000. Introducing Vineyard Creek from Coastal Community Builders, who've been shaping our community for 30 years. Right now, Vineyard Creek, just off Las Tablas Road in Templeton, has plenty of homes to choose from. But with prices starting below $500,000, homes are selling fast. Visit CoastalCommunityBuilders.com today.
1: You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11. If you missed any part of the show, check out the podcast at centralcoastlending.com. Now, back to the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending.
6: comes the sun it comes the sun i say it's all right Little darling, it's been a long cold winter. all right
2: welcome back y'all um so you're the you're like the the head uh The head bean counter here at the company. So how many USDA loans did we do this last month?
4: (laughs) Not a lot. I want to say one.
2: One? I wasn't expecting you to even say one.
4: The problem with USDA loans, which we, you know, it's just been a downward trend every year since we started doing USDA loans. Um, It's the, The problem is pricing pricing and the income limit
3: and yeah, there's a- the amount
4: of debt you can have it's just it's a very difficult program to fit into with home prices where they're at and meeting you know not exceeding the income limit that's allowed for the program right. there's other opportunities not necessarily to do zero down i mean there there is some down payment assistance programs that are more realistic ways To buy a home with zero down. Right. Um, You know, obviously VA is the best way um, to do a zero down home loan purchase. But not
2: everybody's eligible. Not every, you know,
4: there's a, there's a big disqualifier and that's whether or not you've
2: served served.
4: Um, So the, the way for non-service members to be able to get into homes in this county in a realistic way is through down payment assistance. Yeah. And there's, you know, you can use a conventional or FHA first lien that has a three or you know, three and a half or five percent down payment requirement and then pair that loan with um, a you know, through Cal HFA there's some there's second and third lien programs that will help pay for down payment and or closing costs. So there's Yeah, so
2: basically you're gonna end up with the first Loan that you would have gotten anyway if you were capable of making the down payment, right? Right, right. and then you're going to get um, a second lien, and in some instances a third lien, which are going to provide the funding for the down payment um, on your behalf. And but do you owe the money? You do owe the money,
4: but they're, um in in that CalHFA program, you don't repay. There's no obligation to repay. The second or third until the first has been repaid, and so the so first. If you sell is, or
2: refinance the house, now you have to deal with the liens and subordinate. Correct.
4: Position. Yeah. Upon sale or refinancing, you would have to take those. You would have to pay those liens off. Um, but you know, if if you just buy a home with the with this down payment assistance program and you continue to make your payment as scheduled for thirty years, you would have no repayment obligation for the junior liens until 30 years down the road
2: and are the junior liens uh, accruing interest and growing every month like in a negatively amortizing way Um, am i going to get down to the end of 30 years and the fifteen thousand dollars grant second i got is going to be 100 grand no no you're not um the
4: in fact i want to say one of them if not both are at zero percent yeah so it's it's basically just a silent second that's there um, and it, it doesn't burden you with that repayment until you've up, uh, um, you know, just completely gotten rid of the large part of the debt obligation, which sure. is the first lien.
2: Well, and I think what ends up happening for most people too is, I mean, and first of all, when you use one of the down payment assistance programs, those ones have a higher rate. Yeah. And they do have a higher rate. I mean, probably the, uh, the the way they would like it to be said is that since you're not making a down payment you're a little bit higher risk category and so the interest rate's reflecting the risk um that's really probably the 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 correct answer for why those loans have a higher interest rate but bottom line is they usually are about a half a point higher in interest rate um for like in, in some cases it's more Um, but let's say you could get an FHA loan for, for 4% today. If you did the down payment assistance program, you're probably going to get a four and a half rate. And so what ends up happening is when you get down the road three or five or seven or 10 years, whatever it happens to be. And so you sort of, you know, kind of pick your head up and look around you go, Hey, I've got, um, a hundred thousand dollars equity now. The market's done well, but you've also made you know lots of payments, and that's just how it goes, right? You're whittling away that debt, and so then you look. Well, when I got that thing back, when I got it, I got a you know four and a half percent interest rate, and so now you're going to look at potentially refinancing, or in some cases, so you so you might refi, right? In which case, you're going to have to to pay those junior liens off, and so and if it's three and a half percent. Total in subordinate liens that you have because you did down payment assistance and got a hundred percent of your purchase covered. You're three and a half percent on the four hundred grand or whatever you bought it for. I mean, we're talking fifteen grand. It's not. This is not like a a crazy amount of money. So then, when you refi five, seven years later, whatever it is, you, yeah, you're gonna have to pay that off, right? So you're gonna come up with whatever your loan balance now is on your first plus the fifteen thousand bucks to satisfy the second, so that money can go back into uh, the pool of funds to help the next person buy their home with no down payment. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so that's usually what happens. Or, you know, the other part of it is sometimes people buy these houses and they, um, they're they getting down payment assistance. So they're buying a very entry-level home. And over the course of that same three, five, seven years, they're making their mortgage payment, their house is going up in value, they their... Um, they're working hard, and they also are experiencing advancement at work, and budget is starting to line up, and they're saving money now, and so they they may pull their head up five or seven years later and say, hey, cool, I'm going to sell this house now, and off the proceeds is going to come the money to pay off the down payment assistance liens that you have there, but... Then you take the rest of the cash and parlay that into the next place where you can make a down payment. Mm -hmm. So really, it's a a vehicle um, to just expand home ownership to those people. Um, And look, I know a lot of really conservative people hear this conversation about down payment assistance and they don't love it because it's people buying homes without enough skin in the game, right? I feel like we have recent experience with what that looks like when you let too many people in the door that don't have the skin in the game. But we just have a real honest conversation about this. We qualify you based on gross income, okay? So let's just say you make 6000 bucks a month gross income, which on an FHA loan would have a max debt-to-income ratio of about 50%. In other words, $3,000 a month you could have in total obligation, but don't forget, 6000 was gross. If you make $6,000 a month, how much are you actually depositing into your checking account? $4,000. If, right? I mean, something like that. Well, but if you're doing your insurance and you're doing sure, AFLAC sure. and you're doing whatever else, you might, yeah. yeah but uh, okay, let's call it four. That feels generous to me, but I'm going to say, okay. Um, FHA is letting you go to a 50% debt to income ratio based on the six. That's three grand right? That's a lot of money. You don't, so now what you have a thousand dollars a month worth of that discretionary income where you're going to be able to pay all the rest of your bills. You're, you're a shoestring budget. Um, and likewise, if you don't even own a home yet and you're getting six grand a month gross pay, which means you're getting $4,000 a month net pay. Um, how much money in, in, this is a real deal and slow. This is, there's somebody listening right now. It's like, yeah, it's my boat. I get paid six grand a month. I get four of that. And then, so how much is your rent? (laughs) Two grand, Mm -hmm. 2,500 bucks living slow. Mm -hmm. Um, So guess what? You're not saving a lot of money. So you don't have a down payment, right? So you need down payment assistance um, to get your foot in the door, to be able to, to start to change your reality. Um, That renter That's making six grand a month, by the way, getting four. Um, He's getting hammered in taxes because he's got absolutely no write offs. If you own a house, now you got six grand a month receiving four, but it's lowering your taxable income by the amount of the mortgage, which is giving you a little bit more money to your pocket, right? Sometimes the house is the only write off we have, um, if not your student loan, right? I mean, uh, but so anyhow, the conservative people look at this and they're like, I don't really love it. But I think to those people, I just answer back, well, hey, these are the worker bees, man. These people are struggling to get ahead and can't save meaningful money because it's expensive to live. But they see the value in home They
4: They see it as a vehicle to... Attain wealth, you know, build equity, um and have pride of ownership and and I think
2: I mean one of the biggest thing is most people are smart enough to know that owning your own home, whether or not you own it outright, it just suspends the the ever inflating cost of housing. Sure. Yeah, your taxes are gonna go up a little bit, your insurance is gonna go up a little bit, and you're gonna have maintenance, but for, when, the part, for the most the
4: part, it's stable. For the most part, it's very
2: stable. Yeah. So you can go from year one to year 20. You can make a very predictable um, estimation of what it's going to cost you in year 20. But if you're a renter and you're like, well, what's what, Dan, what is your rent going to be for a house in San Luis Obispo in the year 2039? And I just need you to get close. Um, the only answer
4: I can give you with confidence is it's going to be more
2: a lot more maybe double maybe (laughs) triple maybe quadruple but if you have owned a home you're 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 sort of stagnating the growth of that cost over time you're setting yourself up for um, ability to retire you know and so
4: the reason that i describe the down payment the cal hfa down payment assistance as a realistic program is when you look at usda for our area, the maximum household income you're allowed to have for a one to four person household is hundred and three thousand three hundred and fifty dollars per year. And that, that sounds like a healthy income, but the USDA qualifying is roughly forty percent total yeah. debt to income ratio. So when you think of that hundred thousand bucks is roughly eight grand a month. And forty percent of that can be allocated for total debts. Now you are talking about thirty six hundred dollars a month. Is that right? Did I do my math right. Thirty two hundred dollars a month for total debts um, is forty percent of eight thousand. Well, if you have any kind of consumer debt whatsoever, you are out. You, you really. I mean, you are you are talking like a three hundred thousand dollar purchase or less. If you have no debt, which is few and far between. Um, max price is like four hundred, four fifty, and that's just a difficult home to find in our area. Yes, it can be found, but it's limited. So when you look at the down payment assistance programs, those allow income limits up to the $150,000-ish range. It's and it a lot farther home, reaching. It allows home purchases up into the $700,000 Yeah, it range.
2: doesn't limit that debt-to-income ratio the same way that USDA right. and does. and then,
4: yeah, you're subject to the conventional or FHA ratios, which are up to 45, 50, in FHA's case, sometimes up to 55 or even higher yeah. debt-to-income ratio. So it allows a more realistic purchase price for our local
3: market.
2: Unfortunately realistic. Yeah. It's just what it costs to be here. It seems unreasonable, and I think it's uh, because it is. <laughs> but you know, what are you going to do? It's the paradise tax. Yeah. All right, uh, final commercial break here of the show. And uh, we'll be back in just a couple more minutes, so stick with us.
1: It's time to face some bills. Mortgage Matters will be back in just a few seconds. Join in on the conversation at 805-543-8830 or 1-800-549-5832.
0: 358.
7: We'll
5: <music> Hey, Brian from AM Sun Solar here. Did you know that if you own a home and have an electric bill, you could miss out on the full 30% solar tax credit this year if you don't act fast? The full 30% tax credit lowers after this year, so you're going to miss out on cash and time is running out. Call AM Sun Solar today to see if your home qualifies for the full 30% solar tax credit. Get your free solar consultation before it's too late. We are already filling up our installation schedule to get the tax credit, so call AM Sun Solar today at 805 7 Seven two six seven eight six, or visit us at amsunsolar.com. AM Sun Solar is located in Paso Robles, so you know you're working with a local company that has the best equipment and a 20% longer workmanship warranty than anyone else in the area. Call us today at 805-772-6786 or visit amsunsolar.com to see if your home qualifies for a solar energy system and the full 30% solar tax credit. That's 805-772-6786.
2: Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. We are using low down payment programs and down payment assistance programs to help folks just like you buy their first home. You may not need to save and wait as long as you think. Are you ready to explore homeownership? Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved.
6: Just call 543 low We're the mortgage expert. Central Coast, Central
0: Coast Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. NMLS number 328358. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters
1: on KVEC News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11. If you missed any part of the show, check out the podcast at centralcoastlending.com. Now, back to the mortgage experts from Central Coast Lending.
6: You all see the love that's sleeping While my guitar gently weeps I look at the floor And I see it needs sweeping Still my guitar gently weeps I don't know why Can't Nobody quite that told you How to unfold your love I don't know Alright,
2: welcome back. Why it's a great song. Someone I think it's my favorite beat. It's hard to interrupt. Did you guys watch the movie yesterday I just watched it because I think you... I was campaigning for this movie. It's a great movie, right? It was pretty good. I've Uh, not seen it. And kind of surprising, right? Like, in the end... Um, Don't spoil it for the people that haven't haven't seen 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 it yet.
4: Yeah, I mean, it was a good movie. It was a good movie.
2: I enjoyed it. But, truly, you don't need to know and love the Beatles to watch this movie. It helps... You just
4: need to know that the Beatles were there's a charismatic
2: (laughs) front man that is great, Um, super likable. Um, There's a comedy aspect to it that's Mm -hmm. amazing, Mm -hmm. there's a love story that's great, Um, and then there's the Beatles, which, if you know the whole Beatles story, um, depending where on that spectrum from really understanding the Beatles to just knowing that the Beatles were. Uh, A sensation (laughs) in the world. Um, Great movie. I love that movie. Thoroughly enjoyed it.
3: I'm happy to see it. I haven't seen it.
2: You can watch it on, like, Amazon now for, like, five bucks, and you should. Yeah. You absolutely should. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, that. (laughs) When you're – we're having this conversation about – you know, down payment assistance and stuff. And I, I just want to remind everybody too that um, it oftentimes just makes sense to get pre-approved is to figure out uh, wh- where, let's look at your income, let's look at your credit, let's look at your savings and figure out what programs you do qualify for. Um, there's ins and outs to each of them. And I usually tell people too is there's like, I'm an analogies guy, right? And since it, sometimes I think analogies are good for the radio too, but in general, I'm just an analogies guy. I think it helps paint a mental picture, which is worth a thousand words. But my the way that I think about loans generally, a great way to describe the way that this works is like, um, do you ever watch Price is Right? Sure. Remember the game Plinko? Yeah. So, you do well on some previous game that gets you more of the little chips and you go. So, Plinko, for those of you that don't watch Price is Right, um, it's a board. You're dropping the disc
4: down a pegboard. Yeah.
2: And it's, it's probably just slightly less than vertical, right? It's probably a, a 44 degree board. And you go up some stairs and you stand behind it and it's a pegboard that has, you know, picture large nails that come out. And, In the middle of the board are some pretty premium program or, you know, programs or prizes that if you can get your disc to by luck or chance bounce and land in one of the great prizes, you're stoked, right? But the further it falls, it gets down to the bottom and the worst prices, the worst prizes are all at the bottom, you know? Um, and this is kind of how loans work is, if you pass those great prizes, those are the loan programs that are going to be most beneficial to you. So in a purchase world, um, like you meant, you said earlier, like VA, um, has a huge disqualifier in did you serve or not. And that's very simple. Um, so I'm going to say the VA loans today are like the ultimate prize. If you served and you have a VA benefit, boom, you your chip's landing in the best basket um and you earned it, right? If not, then we're going to fall to the next rung, which is going to be okay. Well, you've got some other options available to you that are that are going to require some down payment from you. Um, you know, you could do a conventional loan with three percent down. You could do an FHA loan with three and a half percent down. You might be able to do a USDA loan with zero percent down. You might also have. Um, a conventional loan with down payment assistance. You might have an FHA loan with down payment assistance. Um, there's a lot of other prizes that you might get, but we have to go. You know, we have to we have to go through it. We have to see based on income. Are you over any limit? Um, are you debt to income ra- ratio wise? Do you do you meet that? A lot of these have. You know, it's almost like an if then function. Well, if your income doesn't exceed a hundred thousand, and your debt, you know, and your debt to income ratio is within the range here, um, then you can proceed to the next step. But it's really important to shake all those out. And I'll tell you, one of the things that we like to do with first-time homebuyers is um, you can run several of those programs where uh, lay them out and look at well, what's the What's the what's the best one for you? Is it based on just minimal cash out of pocket due at closing? But see, some people they do have twenty thousand bucks in the bank. And um, by the way, when you've saved twenty thousand dollars in the bank. Real, real ducats that you earned and saved in a savings account. You're pretty stinking attached to those. It's not an easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. And so then you walk and you go, Oh, I'm ready to buy a house. We go, cool. Uh, how about you spend your 20 grand? And, and most people immediately are like, whoo, I'm pretty attached to that. I've grown really comfortable to the fact that I have a little bit of a safety net and like I could survive for, um, A few months if I lost my job or something and the idea like I know how hard it was to save 20 grand and the idea of completely using my entire $20,000 is not appealing to me. Um, so sometimes even if you have the money, we look at some of these options to try to just present to you, well, well, how about if we did this loan where we could reduce your upfront cost down to 14. So it's going to leave you with five. And here's what that translates to in way of monthly payment. And, you know, there's a lot of little moving parts to take into consideration, the mortgage insurance and how long it lasts and what your options are to get out of it. And different programs all have a different way of, you know, analyzing each one. One of these things, and so this is the point, right? And and by the way, you guys, this is why um, you don't go push a button to get a loan. Um, AI is not there yet. Maybe one day it will be there, where the AI can just kick out these awesome novels for you to go learn a language and digest reading the 80-page report. your emotional response to the options and then... Yeah, <laughs> it's going to read... Yeah, you probably have, like... It's going to read the pigmentation of your face and your <laughs> your respiratory rate. Is, it's like, I said spend your 20 grand and you went flush and your heart started. I saw your pulse in your neck. Um, So then the AI, yeah, it's going to double back and offer you other options, right? Um, But this is... Yeah, this is where people are different,
4: too. You know, you, like if you take the scenario where... Someone could put down three and a half percent on a regular FHA loan, but they could also do the FHA loan with down payment assistance, but the rate's a little higher. You know, th- then they have to decide how important is it to have that money in the bank versus putting it into the purchase of this home? Is right. it worth that higher? And we've certainly.
2: Shown the proposal to clients where we said, Well, look, we can get you a down payment assistance lien here, and this is what that looks like. And they go back and say, Nah, I'd rather make the $12,000 down payment and get myself the lower payment. And, you know, there's always a whole bunch of reasons why. Um, and again, this this happens with meeting face to face and talking with professionals. Sometimes it's like, Well, you know, I my brother lives with me, or I my mom lives with me and she's on disability, or whatever. Right there's some other person that's helping, or some other maybe they know they have a promotion coming. coming. Yeah, you never know. Inheritance. I'm working with a couple right now that um, they have an inheritance coming, and it's impending within the next six months. They're going to get a kind of a life changing amount of money. So you got to know that and anticipate that, and and we talk about that, right? um you if that's the case you probably don't want to do the fha loan which has life of loan mi you probably want to do a conventional loan where you could add that money and later do a principal reduction and then recast your loan right um that's the kind of talking like the kind of planning that we like to do with people and um man you you just don't there's unfortunately the loan officers air quote loan officers that are at these call centers for these national companies they aren't big time problem solvers these people are trying to get you to pull the trigger on a yes today lock today and get to get them paid right do a loan today that's really important to them um we spend a whole lot of time on what's the very best thing for you and what does that look like? Um, That leads to really honest conversations about, well, no, you don't need to refi. You have a good loan. You need to get rid of your mortgage insurance, and this is how you can do it. Um, Or well, let's get you in this path so that when you get that money, you sell that other house or you get that inheritance or you get that huge bonus at the end of the year, whatever it is, you can put that towards your loan and recast it. A lot of people don't even know that those options exist, but we want to take the time to walk you through those options. And so... My, um, my advice to those of you that are listening and some of you guys are just, you got grandkids that, you know, are struggling to figure out how to buy a house or, um, even your kids, right? You got the local kids here that are either going to move to where they can buy a house or they're going to figure out how to do it here. Um, those are great referrals for us. If you know somebody that, that is trying to come up with that game plan, um, have them call us or call us and, and let's work out a path. The Even if it leads to nothing where you are not, you don't buy a house here locally, um, you're going to learn something. You're going to get a little bit a meeting. In one one-hour meeting with one of our loan officers, you're going to get a crash course in finance and how to weigh this stuff out, how to see through some of the marketing, how to really understand how to evaluate what the best thing for you is that's the service that we provide. That's really where we add a lot of value. And so just want to offer that to you guys. If you're interested in that level of care, uh, we're Central Coast Lending, 805-543-LOAN. Rings all of our offices or find us on the web at centralcoastlending.com. Thank you very much for being with us today. Hope you all have a safe and productive week and we'll see you back next week on Mortgage Matters.